Good morning, world. I'm Olivia Kowal. And I'm Jasmine Sanville. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. Today, we'll discuss the reality of Jim Crow laws. If you don't know already, Jim Crow laws are a set of laws in America that legalize racial segregation. They were popularized after the 13th Amendment was signed and slaves were freed. These laws affected African Americans by disallowing them a right to vote, get an education, or even hold jobs. It seems like these laws just wanted to keep people of color unequal and oppressed legally. Exactly. Since slavery was outlawed, people wanted to find a way to keep African Americans at the bottom of the social pyramid. Jim Crow laws weren't the first racist laws America had in place. Before Jim Crow, America had black codes. Black codes were a series of extremely strict laws. These codes stated in detail what rights formerly enslaved people had. They went as far as detailing where freed slaves could work and how much they could get paid. I've always wondered where Jim Crow laws got their name. Was he a real person? Well, yes and no. The character Jim Crow was first mentioned in the song Jump Jim Crow in 1828. An actor, Thomas Darthmouth Rice, turned him into a character for his shows. Was he performed by a white actor? Yes, it was a white actor wearing blackface and portraying Jim Crow as a clumsy and dim-witted slave. I understand now. The name Jim Crow slowly developed into a derogatory term for African Americans. The name Jim Crow lost its popularity for a while, though, up until the late 19th century. Jim Crow laws became mainstream in the early 1880s. Most considered them to be better than black codes and found more freedom in them. Wait, so let me get this straight. Jim Crow laws were considered better than other segregational laws? Yup. Even with how harsh they were, people preferred them over the black code. Well, what about black folks who didn't know where they were allowed to go? What if they wanted to go out but weren't sure if they were allowed there? For a while, they just had to hope a given place allowed African Americans. But in 1936, Victor Hugo Green published the very first Green Book. So was this book like a list of places that black people could travel with no discrimination? Precisely. At first, Green only covered restaurants and hotels in and around New York, but soon expanded to all across the country. What about places with no black-friendly places to stay. The Green Book covered that too. It showed a list of people who were willing to rent out homes for black families to stay in during their trip. There were some people who were against Jim Crow laws though. Stating the obvious, African Americans who were affected by these laws were against them. Other activists like MLK and Rosa Parks too. But even in the 1800s, there were groups of white and black activists for equality and against any type of segregational laws. Yes, they were against it. Nobody wanted to be treated differently. Wow, I never realized what an impact Jim Crow laws really had. It's great people helped others and made guides like these to keep African Americans safe. Would you be surprised if I told you these laws still affect people to this day? We'll get into that right after this quick ad. Gemini playlist. Uh, yeah. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed those black creators. I know Jasmine did. We are now going to get into how Jim Crow laws affected us in today's day and age. I would like to say that I think Jim Crow laws really go hand in hand with system- systemic racism. I agree. 
because what people fail to realize is how many systems are in place to maintain racial inequality, not even just for black people, but all people of color. Yes, Jim Crow laws could still be seen as active in the oppression of black people today, just it's more subtle than before. We all, we all know that black people make up a very large percentage of people incarcerated. A big part of that would have to deal with how many black people are born into impoverished areas that turn to illegal things to make a living. So true. And once you're incarcerated, you lose your right to vote, even if you're convicted from a nonviolent crime for one year. That's very oppressive because that's silencing black voices. So many government officials don't acknowledge the black voices that try to speak up about this and always advocate that there is no racial divide. It's ridiculous. Segregation is obviously outlawed, but since systematic racism is heavily influenced by Jim Crow laws, there is still an issue, especially in America, regarding racism. We've seen many examples of it, especially this past year, ranging from police brutality to extremely straightforward racism. Personally, I believe the first step to address racism is to acknowledge its existence. Absolutely. So many people go around claiming no one is oppressed or at a disadvantage in America and is baffling. It's ironic the same people saying that are the ones who have never experienced any type of racism in their life. Educating yourself about white supremacy is extremely important. With, with an issue like this, I believe we can do so much by just making our voices heard. It's, extremely, it's an extremely heavy topic to handle and not one person can fix it. Jim Crow laws were made so long ago and are so deeply rooted in our history that they still impact people to present day. Black people are constantly being underestimated, and this is why it's so important to remember what Black History Month is all about. Celebrating, Celebrating black, black excellence. Looks like we're running short on time here, Jasmine. Time flies when you're educating people on such important topics. And that's what the Real Talk podcast is all about. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. We hope you stay for our next episode where we discuss women in history. Bye. Bye.